work for me. Mbaku and Reader, Chapter 2, Ice Cream and Mary J. Blige, by Mbaku's Throne. Despite your rocky morning, you were still ready for the big client meeting. You had been preparing for it for a whole month. After hours upon hours of reports, research, and learning several Japanese phrases, thanks to that annoying Duolingo owl, not even a bad morning could stop you now. In the conference room, you had everything placed perfectly. Every seat had a neatly set file containing the agenda of the meeting. There was a pitcher of chilled cucumber water and a pot of coffee at the table by the door, accompanied by sugars, cream, and stirring straws, of course. Hell, you had even placed name cards in Japanese by each seat. You stood in the conference room, PowerPoint clicker in hand, your heart beating in your throat as you stared at the first PowerPoint slide. Suddenly, the door swung open, followed by M'Baku, who was all smiles. Please, Mr. Nakamura, take a seat. Nothing you're not used to. As the several Japanese men filed in, they all threw their heads back in laughter at M'Baku's so-so business joke. M'Baku was so different when it came to clients. His usual stiff, cold stature was relaxed, his mouth showing a big, goofy smile, and his eyes were bright and happy. It made you want to throw up. As the clients passed you, you bowed to each one of them as they bowed to you. In perfect Japanese, you offer the men a greeting. The room hummed in approval. You peeked over at M'Baku, who looked at you with an unreadable face. You'd have to work a lot harder to get his forgiveness. Continuing, you offer the men water, trying to walk straight in your mismatched heels to the pitcher of water. Again, the room murmured in positivity. Mr. Nakamura smiled at your attempt at Japanese, complimenting you as he sat down. Mr. Nakamura held up his glass, waiting for you to fill it. Excitedly, you picked up the pitcher and limped over across the room to his seat, trying to keep your heels straight. As you reached his seat, your right foot buckled. Oh! You yelped as you tried to right yourself. You raised your left hand to balance yourself, accidentally turning the pitcher all the way over, right into Mr. Nakamura's lap. At first, you just stared in shock. Mr. Nakamura's colleagues flocked around him, taking out napkins and anything they could use to dry him off. Oh my god, I'm so sorry, let me help. You tried to pat away his lap, but he was soaked. Please, it is fine, really it is fine, Mr. Nakamura assured you. Your view became darkened as you felt a large presence behind you. You turned slowly, having to crane your neck all the way back to get the full view of your beyond infuriated boss. M'Baku stood over you, his brows furrowed and his eyes in almost crazy mad. His fists were clenched, a large vein popping out of his neck. Go home. He said in such a deep voice you hardly noticed he had said words above his growl. Sir, I go home. Yes, sir. Tears fell before you even reached your car. 
You didn't notice or you didn't understand how you had messed up so bad in one day. Were you fired? Did Mbaku just fire you? You really messed up. Wiping away your tears and snot, you dialed your boyfriend and waited for him to pick up. It went to voicemail. Babe, please call me. I just had a really bad day at work and I, I think I just got fired. I'm not sure. Bad day, babe. Bad day. Bad day was you and Rai's code for please order fast food and a bad movie. Build a blanket fort before I get home. You couldn't wait to lay down on his chest as he rubbed your temples. As soon as you stepped out of your car, your left heel broke. You looked down at the dangling stiletto and just began to laugh. You shimmied your key into the lock, forcing it to open. Lord knows you had asked the landlord six times to get the lock fixed. Babe, bad day, you called out. You turned into the kitchen, stepping out of the way of several painted canvases you and Rye had worked on together. You opened the fridge and took out a bottle of wine. This bottle would be all yours tonight. Babe! Grabbing a wine glass, you spun around. There was a girl at the counter, frozen in shock, holding one of your leftover tuna sandwiches in her hand. She was stark naked. Please, stop! Rye screamed as you hurled another painting at the window. Rye followed you as you stomped back into the apartment and grabbed a bundle of his clothes. He didn't dare touch you as you stomped back to the window and threw his clothes out. I'm sorry, baby, I'm sorry! You turned on your heels, pointing a finger into his chest. Don't you dare call me baby! Don't you dare say anything to me right now! Your voice was level and clear, but loud. You could hear the neighbors banging on your walls for you to keep quiet. You tucked your chin in and gave Rye a poisonous glare. Get the fuck out of my apartment. Your apartment? Is that how it is? All these years and this how you do me? You just gonna throw it all away? You did it first. No job, no boyfriend, who were you without these things that had been such big parts of your life? A dramatic question, but you were drunk. Drunk off of Chardonnay and butter pecan ice cream and Mary J. Blige. Lots of Mary J. Blige. You were wrapped up in several blankets, creating your own blanket cocoon. Tears fell from your eyes and cascaded down into your warm ears. You stared at the ceiling, mouthing the lyrics to enough crying. A whole mess. You heard your phone ding, and you ignored it. It was probably Rye. He had been calling and texting you all day. You poked a hand out of your blanket burrito and turned up your music. Your phone dinged again. Ugh. You buried your head into the wet pillows. You just wanted to stop crying. If there was anything you could wish for in the whole world, it would be to stop crying. At least you could apply for another job and interview without being a sobbing mess. 
You hated that you were such a crybaby. Your phone began to ring. Angrily, you grabbed your phone and stared down the caller ID. You sat up straight and wiped the tears from your eyes to see clearly it was M'Baku. You answered the phone, clearing your throat to sound normal. Uh, hello? He says your name. Your heart strangely skipped a beat as he did. I need you to come by my house. I have a situation. You need me? That wasn't exactly what you meant to say. You meant to say, am I still employed by you? Yes, I need you. Hurry up. M'Baku hung up. You turned around in your bed sheets, unsure of what to do. Quickly, you gathered yourself and leapt out of the bed and into action. No time for heartbreak when you had rent to pay. You slipped into your work clothes and matching penny loafers, grabbed your bag and keys and ran out the door. You had pulled up to the gates of M'Baku's neighborhood many times, but it still left you in awe. Fifteen-foot-tall Victorian gates opened as you approached. You still weren't sure how M'Baku always knew it was you approaching as you never saw any cameras. M'Baku's home was something like a mini-mansion. Modern enough that you know it was expensive, but old enough to know it was probably haunted. You pulled around the circular driveway to the front, driving around the big stone fountain depicting a large gorilla. Fitting. Running up the stone steps to the door, you smelled smoke. You wondered if he had called you over because he had set something on fire and didn't know how to use a fire extinguisher without calling you. As you approached the door, you heard a woman yelling and screaming. You pushed open the door and was met with a large fire in the middle of the entryway. M'Baku was standing in front of the fire, arms folded, only showing a slight face of annoyance. Sir? Sir, are you okay? You screamed. He turned to you and beckoned you over. I hate you! You jumped at the sound of Kool-Aid, M'Baku's separated wife. Bounding down the steps, a bundle of men's clothing in her hands, presumably M'Baku's. With expert aim, she threw the bundle of clothes into the fire. You squinted into the fire and realized the entire bonfire was full of M'Baku's clothing. And say goodbye to your precious Gucci. M'Baku woefully sighed. Please schedule appointments with Calvin Klein, Tom Ford, Givenchy, and uh, apparently Gucci. I want you to help me brand, build a brand new wardrobe. Have these scheduled before the end of the day tomorrow. Yes, sir. You said taking out your tablet and typing in your to-do list. Ah, you called in your lovely assistant. Kule spat the words with poison as she approached you. Kule was about three inches shorter than M'Baku. A former volleyball champion, she was a powerhouse of perfect legs, racy curves, and a mean streak that could put Gordon Ramsay to shame. She would inspire you if you weren't absolutely terrified by her. I'm sure she helps you out real well, eh? Great gorilla chief, I'm sure she gives you anything you want. Anything. That's enough. M'Baku barked, his voice echoing through the room. 
Kule, what have you done? You've done your damage, now leave. Kule stared daggers into your eyes and turned and walked away. You hadn't realized you were holding your breath until she left, and you breathed. Sir, would you like me to put this fire out? Baku didn't seem to hear you. Sir? What does love feel like? His question took you aback. You thought of Rai and all the years you had wasted. It's overrated, sir. That's what I thought.